Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the Risen Nation Church podcast. I pray that this message today impact your life and above all, draw you into a deeper encounter with Jesus. On behalf of my wife, my sons, my daughters, all our children, grandchildren, we want to wish you the most blessed Merry Christmas and a Camel New Year. You don't even know what I'm saying, do you? Next year, it's actually started the latter part of September. In the Hebrew calendar, it is the year of the Gimel. That is the year of the Camel. The year of the Camel is the most prosperous sign of abundance, overflow, and reward in Hebrew tradition. It is the year that you have to open up your mouth the decade of 80 and 3 the letter of Gimel is God's divine abundance it's going to be a year of divine favor so when my son was saying get rid of whatever lenses you've looked through I'm here to confirm to you that what God's going to do God has never done and you can't live by your past or think or reason from where you've been God's about to do a whole new thing somebody say amen Lord bless you. you may be seated. I have a time limit that I have to um, bring you this word. And when my son told me how much time I had, <laughs> sure, I laughed. But I'm going to do. I'm going to do my best. Um, we are so grateful for what the Lord is doing. It's so great to see the children, the grandchildren, and um, I'm um, I'm overwhelmed really by the goodness of God. We want to welcome all those of you that are visiting with us. But during, during worship, I know we don't have time, but there's a woman on my left. God is touching you tonight. That lady right here. Yes, you. In front row. Uh, God is doing something in your body tonight. During worship, I felt God is doing something in your body. So whatever it is you're dealing with, I want you to just say it belongs to me. I'm not leaving without it. And there's a woman right here, blonde hair, right here with the glasses. You, man, with the red shirt. Uh, I felt the same thing with you. It's just I, I happened to look to my left and right, and I just felt like God is touching to both. I believe God touching any people that will receive it tonight. There is there the, during the song of, of O Holy Night, I felt the healing virtue. So if you are looking for God to touch your body, believe it. It's done in Jesus' name. Somebody say Amen. amen. Open your Bibles to the Book of Luke real quickly. Oh, there you are. Well, here, you have to put it here in the center. This is my older son, Costi. William is, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, William is our youngest, and we are just so proud of all of them. Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to just give you some scriptures that you could, you could just make a note of. But I need you to understand some principles that we're going to go through. And, and this is the type of word that is only intended to provoke you, which means you have to take this message, this word of the Lord, and make it part of your personal study. Someone say amen. amen. And, and you have to always, every year, I study these scriptures again, the event that we celebrate. And how many of you understand that, that God does all things according to his Time. Galatians chapter 4, just listen to it carefully. Galatians 4 verses 2 to 5 declares in part, 
until the time appointed of the Father, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus did not have any special entrance. He was born of a woman under the law like those in his time, subject to the same rules of the law, that he might redeem them that were under the bondage and the regulations of the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. As long as the law remained, adoption could not be taken. Once that which is under the law is removed, the adoption process can begin. The birth of Christ took the children that were under the bondage of the law, and there was a time of until, until the appointed of the Father, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son to redeem them that were under the law. Therefore, the children that were under the bondage of the law came a moment of the until. God always has a moment called until. Psalms 110 verse 1, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou at my right hand, someone say until, until I make all thine enemies your footstool. The fullness of time came in Luke chapter 2 when God would send forth his son. I need you to listen carefully. Caesar had also sent out a decree that the world he ruled would be taxed. In that season of time, he controlled most of the world. And he put out a decree in the fullness of time that his world would be taxed. In verse 3, all had to go to be registered, not only to be taxed, but to all to give their allegiance to Rome. And we don't have time, but Mary did not have to travel with Joseph to pay their tax. The reason they had to go back to their hometown is because they had to register. And in the registration, they paid their allegiance to the emperor. And the control of the government of the time was to seize and control the people of God. And in the fullness of time, God gave his son. And so when Caesar sent out a decree, it was also the fullness of time when God would send forth his son. And when they were supposed to go and register and come under the bondage and the alliance of Rome, the timing of Mary's travail was so perfect that she had to go and deliver and could not register. You all with me? Her travailed, canceled her registration. Which means that God will at times use your own travail, not so much to deliver you, but to deliver you out of something you don't see coming. And therefore her travail canceled her registration. She did not register because you got to always remember something. If you're going to get a hold of something tonight, get a hold of this. Nothing in God is strictly done on an individual basis. Say that again. 
Nothing in God is strictly done on an individual basis. Nothing in God is done on an individual level. Every action of the Father has a reaction that continues to affect the generations to come. Did you get that? Every action God has, there's a reaction that continues to affect the generations to come. So when God sent his son, Judea has become a province of the empire of Rome. Jerusalem was taken by Rome 60 years before. And now Judea and Jerusalem were subdued by the empire. Jacob prophesied in Genesis 49.10 that Shiloh, that means the Messiah, the sent one, the glory, will come when the scepter or the authority was departed from Judah. And when the lawgiver from between his feet, that's the staff that he would lean on that represented his authority. Shiloh will come when the authority had departed, when the standard is gone from Judah, and when the lawgiver is removed from between their walk. You can compare to today's times, the condition even of the church. So God says, Shiloh will come when the authority had been removed, the authority had been departed, and the standard that Judah was supposed to walk in and the lawgiver was supposed to be in between their walk, when that has departed, Shiloh will come. Shiloh will come, listen carefully, when Judah and Jerusalem follow the ways of the world and lose their authority. Can I say that one more time? Shiloh, and this is where I could really, really preach, but I'm going to be nice to my son. But how many of you know the church today has gone somewhat silent? Shiloh will come when Judah and Jerusalem follow the way of the world and lose their authority. The church has lost its authority because it has compromised with the world and they want to be nice, not righteous. But Micah prophesied, Micah chapter 2, verse Chapter 5, verse 2, he prophesied, But thou, Bethlehem, that's the house of bread, though thou be little among thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel. When it seems like everything is working against us in this world, Shiloh will come. When everything seems to be turning Away in seemingly impossible, the glory of God is going to come. When darkness covers the earth and gross darkness, the people, God's glory is going to rise up upon his people. But it's not upon anybody. It's Bethlehem. The people where the birth comes from. The house of God where bread and the word is preached. Shiloh will come because it's been his pattern that at times of crisis... When everything seems to be working against you, Shiloh will come. It's his pattern. Say something. In the fullness of time, God gave his son. Now in Luke chapter 2, go there and read with me from verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Not just joy, but great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. These were not royal robes. These were what the poor would wear. He that was rich became poor that we may be rich. And suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Somebody say amen. amen. I love verse 15 because I can just imagine. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds, can I just add my translation here? The shepherds looked at one another and said, what was that? They looked stunned, I'm sure. Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing, which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The angel of the Lord was not sent to the chief priests or the elders in the temple. But to the shepherds that were abiding and taking care of their sheep. The priests would not have received his coming as good news towards all men. So God went to the shepherds who were walking and taking care of and watching their sheep at night. The glory of the Lord shined round about them. And the angel said, fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. The ages had waited for this appointed time. As then, I believe even now, God's about to show up in his glory. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Now this same angel, this is the angel that appeared and said to Elizabeth, you call his name John. This is the same angel that appeared to Mary and Joseph. We don't have time to get into this, but Mary was the first to receive the gospel. Joseph was the first to believe the gospel. Joseph had to believe in a dream. He could have dismissed a dream. He was a good man, but his wife is pregnant and it's not his baby. And under law, she should be stoned, but he loved her, so he was going to put her away privately. He had already decided he was going to put her away. In other words, he was going to divorce her. They were married, just not consummated. A spouse in Hebrew culture is that they were married. The family's already concluded that they're our husband and wife. They weren't just engaged. They were past engagement. They had just not consummated the marriage. And he has this experience. She tells him she's pregnant. It's not his baby. How's he going to explain it? So he decides, I love her, 
So I'm going to put her away privately before she begins to show. Then the angel of the Lord appears to him. And something begins to happen. The angel of God comes to him in a dream. And says this, this thing that's in your wife is of the Holy Ghost. Go with me to the book of Matthew. And I want you to notice a couple of things. And this is really by revelation if you listen to the Spirit of God. But let me know when you are in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. Can we begin reading together from verse 19? Then Joseph, her husband, this is after he was told that his wife is pregnant. And that this baby is of the Holy Ghost, this child's of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought, he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. This is why you can never let go of your dreams, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear thou not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sin. Now listen carefully to verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they, somebody say they, and they shall call his name, come on out loud everybody, Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, is God with us. Now, this same angel of the Lord introduces the Lord to the shepherds at night, born unto you in the city of David, is Christ the Lord. This same angel appears to Joseph, Matthew 121, and says, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. But then in verse 22, the same angel, now all this has been done, verse 22 is, is making something of a specific declaration. All this has been done so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord. So the prophet, this is Isaiah, verse 23, a virgin shall be with child, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. To the shepherds, he is Christ the Lord. To Joseph and Mary, he is Jesus. And all that, of course, is absolute. But now he is introduced as Emmanuel as the fulfillment of prophecy. So of course he is all of it. But they shall call his name Emmanuel. He didn't say they shall call his name Jesus. Though they do, we come in the name of Jesus. To the shepherds, he's Christ the Lord. But these people... Have an interpretation. Their interpretation is. Emmanuel. God. Is with us. Who are these people? 
Why is the angel not saying the same thing to everybody? Why is he not saying, call his name Jesus, that's his name. Why didn't he say to all of them, Christ the Lord? That's true. He is Christ the Lord. But to them, and they shall call him Emmanuel. Who are they? At the end of the verse, it gives you the answer. They which interpret. They which translate. They which have the revelation. He is Jesus he is Christ the Lord, but to them there is a revelation. He's more than that. He is Christ with us, God with us, God in us, God through us. He's to us, Emmanuel. Therefore, they take the experience of what Isaiah declared in chapter 7, verse 14, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That means he's their life. He's their purpose. He's their reality. He's their destiny. He's more than Savior. He's more than Jesus. He's more than Christ the Lord. He's God in me, God through me, God with me. He is unto us, Emmanuel. Someone say, Emmanuel, God with us. As Jesus, the revelation of the Father. I'm going to say this statement really slow. As Jesus is the revelation of the Father, As Jesus is the revelation. How many of you know he's the unveiling? How many of you understand God is spirit? Talk to me quickly. The Father is spirit. Say that the Father is spirit. Come on, say it out loud. The Father. You'll never see the Father. Come, come. Can't see the Father. Now, later, when you enter the throne room of God, God is spirit. All power. Omnipotent. Spirit, say it. Say, say it again out loud. God is spirit. God is omnipotent spirit. Jesus is the express image of the person. You understand? So as Jesus is the express image or the revelation of the Father... These are they that are the revelation of the Son. Emmanuel being with us, as Jesus is the revelation of the Father, those that see him as Emmanuel, God with us, God in us, they are the revelation of Jesus. 1 John 4, 17, to them as he is, Come on, so are, as he is, so are these people. Where? In this world. And so one more time, as Jesus is the revelation of the Father, they are the revelation of the Son. Because as he is, so are they in this world. Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, I'm giving it to you only in part. For unto us a child is born. 
unto us. Can I get my keyboard brother back? Unto us. Say unto us. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Of the increase of his government. Somebody said increase. The increase of his government. Of the increase of his government. There shall be no end. Not only his government, his kingdom and peace. There shall be no end. Something has gotten a hold of us. To which there is no end. I'm going to. I'm actually going to start closing. Is that. Are we doing good? You happy now? It's just softly. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just messing with them. I, I love doing it. This is one amazing man of God. So I'm now trying to get out of it because we have dinner together in a minute. Um, he's incredibly mindful of, of the people and, and I, I don't care. So I'm just being... I'm just being honest. And especially when, you know, the children, you know, all of you with children, I, I, I don't care. I'm, because I had my children and we paid a lot. Listen, rehearsals, they were there on the floor, early, late, after service, before service. My wife took care of the children because I didn't care that much. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So we, we feel like we've paid our dues and now we enjoy watching them pay their dues because, because they did this to us. They did this to us. Every time I see Costi's daughter give him a hard time, I smile on the inside because I'm thinking he's reaping what he sowed. That child put us through, you know what? Okay, back to the word. All right. For unto us, <laughs> for unto us a child is born, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. This is in closing, in part. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Of the increase of his kingdom, his government and peace, there shall be no end. That means something has gone a hold of us. To which there is no end. It's not that the kingdom will not end. Although that's true. The kingdom is eternal. But it's not describing the end of the kingdom. It's describing. But it is the increase of that kingdom and peace. The increase. Somebody say increase. The increase of that government. The increase of that kingdom. The increase of that peace. There shall be no end. Forever increasing within us, forever increasing within us without end, continuously expanding, enlarging, never ending, reaching, and consuming every life that yields itself to it. For all of you that are kingdom citizens, I need you to hear this really loud and clear. The reason we celebrate the birth of our Savior. The reason we celebrate Christ the Lord Jesus, to us he is Emmanuel, is because something has started that's taken place within us that could never stop taking place. 
this increase of God will continuously expand, enlarge within us without end. But not only within us, it will never stop reaching, consuming every life that will yield to it. Whatever conditions we behold, whatever conditions of the world, whatever things you see within your own household life, conditions, circumstances, our, the conditions of our world, government, you as kingdom citizens have to always remember, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. What it created, what it introduced, what it resulted in, is of the increase of his government. There is no end. It's constantly increasing, constantly reaching. That means there is nothing that can be stopped. Nothing in the way of it can hold it back. I hope somebody's hearing this. The birth of Christ has started what cannot be stopped. Oh, this should make you happy. The birth of Christ has started what cannot be stopped. It will overrule all other forces. Reaching our loved ones, reaching our friends, reaching even our enemies, it cannot be stopped. It will reach out to the city, from city to city, from nation to nation. It cannot be stopped. Because God gave Abraham a promise. And he said, for in thy seed, that's Christ, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The power of the kingdom is that it comes without observation. Say that again. The power of the kingdom, can you say that? The power of the kingdom is that it doesn't come by observation. You see, if it came by observation, then it would be limited to what you could see. But the power of the kingdom comes without observation. So that means those born of the Spirit, those born from above with eyes to see the kingdom. Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom. That means by your sight, you're able to enter into the world of this invisible power that's constantly on the increase and in that consistency create a world, an environment, a family, a future that is completely protected from anything that is outside of this invisible force. It's called the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God will give you the family you couldn't dream of producing on your own. This kingdom will give you a life that you couldn't dream making on your own. This kingdom will give you a marriage, a lifestyle, a health, a provision. It is such a force, it's like a seed. Once it's planted, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is like unto a seed, 
he was describing himself. I am the seed. And in thy seed, I will bless all the nations of the earth. Once the seed dies, it produces fruit. He's come to be born, die, and be raised, and come in full glory. Somebody say hallelujah. But the journey that we receive now within the sphere of the invisible kingdom is that it's this power that comes without observation, meaning enable to produce for you what no one else can hinder. They used to destroy their temples. They would build a temple and get destroyed. You know, if this was going on today, you would have to get the Ezra's and Nehemiah's to rebuild it again, get their sword, build and fight at the same time. So God takes the temple and he takes it out of a natural city. He takes the city and he makes it a people. Takes the temple and put it inside of a people. Come on, help me. And you become the temple of the Holy Ghost. And now you're spread everywhere. You're not on some mountain. You have to build the wall to be protected because the enemy can't track you. And therefore, you become untouchable in a sense because you're spread out. And if the enemy touches one of you, he touches all of you. So when Christians say the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil is doing this, the devil, they have no idea who God is. We're the body of Christ for crying out loud. And as the body of Christ, Jesus said, I give you power. That by no means nothing shall hurt you. So there's something I need you to remember. This Christmas celebration. I believe this coming year, at least as for me in my house. And when I say my house, I mean my natural and spiritual I believe in Jesus' name, and I need you to agree with me. It's just, I'm just talking for myself. What I see from the kingdom that I have within, the lenses through which I'm able to behold, I believe 2023 has already started, and it's going to be the greatest year of my life thus far. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't live in the world of government. I don't live in the world of the world. I don't live in the world of the economy. I don't live in the world of what's going on in the news. I do not live in the same world as the president, the vice president, or anyone in Congress. I live in a world called the kingdom of God. And in my kingdom, in my world, there's a king and his name is Jesus. And not only is he my king, he is Emmanuel unto me. And my Emmanuel leads my life, has directed my life, has provided for my life has secured my life and has taken care of me and my children and their children and their children's children. And this same Emmanuel is not just my Emmanuel. He is your Emmanuel. It's not just my kingdom. We are in this together. And therefore, what I believe is taking place now before our very eyes as God is setting things up. The fullness of time has come. And when Caesar is setting up its decree, God is setting up an ambush for Caesar. And God will bring his son in the fullness of time. And he will use the travail to take us off course 
so we don't register with Rome and the system of Baal. Y'all come on. And God is going to cause us to be deterred, moved away from what the world is dealing with. So what you got to do is you got to get your eyes off the world, get your eyes on Emmanuel, see what God is doing within you. And there is a power within you that can shape, form, strategize, and dictate every step of your life and your household. And I'm here to tell you, we're going to have a glorious year, 2023. It actually has already started. But at the risk of, I have, can I just take two minutes? Well, two people said yes, you do. I didn't want to preach tonight. So you want this? You got to pull. You want, okay. For God so loved the world. Say the world. I've been to many parts of the world, and when I get home, I'm always very thankful for what God has given us here. And I've tried my best to teach our children that we lack in nothing. When we see the conditions of other parts of the world, conditions of people's minds, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I begin to understand that part of the blessing, part of the blessing, say this really loud, part of the blessing is to be a blessing. One more time. Part of the blessing is to be a blessing. Say that. Part of the blessing is to be a blessing. The letter Gimel is a man walking towards the next letter, Dalet, which means poor. Gimel is abundant and blessed. Galat is poor. I believe in this coming year, God is going to put before us those that have need. And we're going to be blessed enough to bless them. But we have to have a vision for the expansion of the kingdom. We are a people with an apostolic calling to reach the nations. And I said this to my son from the time he was 10. When he was 10 years old, I gave him a word. You have to raise a generation. Risen nation is not going to be just one location. Risen nation is going to be a nation of people. A holy people. A chosen generation. Oh, come on. Risen nation is a nation of a people that are spread out in cities and nations that will encounter Emmanuel. And you must get your vision because the way God expands your family, your personal life, is when you get a kingdom vision that seeks him first. And then he begins to add to you. So in this next year that's upon us, take down the fences, the limitations, the cords, the walls, and expand your horizon 
and begin to look beyond what you've been able to see because God's going to give us the nations in Jesus' name. Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year. Thank you again for joining us for this podcast. We pray that above all, your life was touched by his presence. If you're interested in learning more about the church or getting plugged in, you can visit us at www.risennation.org or follow us on social media to stay up to date with all that God is doing here. We love you guys. God bless.